What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black Podcast, a podcast for diehard Bengals fans. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, with my co-host, Zim Hude. Zim, say what's up. What's going on, people, man? Hello, world. We have a very, very special guest today. Um, I mentioned it briefly on Twitter just now. Our partner, Anthony Kazenza, uh, he mentioned it briefly just now, too. Um, but this is the Orange is the New Black podcast, and we have Sean Williams, safety for the Cincinnati Bengals, on with us today. Say hello to the people, Sean. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Sean Williams here. Yes, sir. So the questions started pouring in. I think I had some of my own questions, like, even before we got into that. And I just wanted to ask you, and we talked about this briefly before we even got on, like, what's going on in the world? And, and, a, and a lot of people want to know in the NFL player's mind, like, what is going on? What are you doing from a preparation standpoint in this time of uncertainty with the COVID-19 virus and all these different things? How are you well, keeping yourself fresh? I mean, that's that's funny you just said it. I mean, it's just a lot of uncertainty right now, you know, uncertainty of when, you know, when the season's going to start back up. You know, the facilities are closed right now, so when we'll be able to get back in the facility to, you know, to kind of get things rolling. Um, that's funny, actually, because I kind of just um, before I talk, got, before I got on with you guys, you know, I was in an appointment seeing uh, a guy just trying to keep my body right. You know, obviously mm-hmm. we still have to uh, work out the best we can um, ourselves. If we have some trainers that are you know willing to take the risk to come out and train us, you know th- that that too. But you know, just trying to stay in shape and stay strong and take care of your body. So that's. That's all we can do right now and stay safe and hope hopefully that things will get back to normal pretty pretty soon. Hey, yeah. Sean, I appreciate you again for, for uh answering these questions for us. Just to kind of piggyback on that one, 
Uh, a lot of people want to know, you know, they saw you play safety a lot last year. Or not mm-hmm. safety, but linebacker last year, between linebacker and safety. Uh, with us signing Von Bell and him coming from a three-safety scheme, there's plenty of room for three safeties to be uh, used next year by the Bengals. Is that where you kind of see yourself playing at, or is it um, a linebacker role? Or I'm not really sure, but I think, you know, I mean, there's always those opportunities, you know, like you said, for the three safety system system. But um I just kinda wanna get back in and kinda see what, what the plans are. I've been talking to, you know, Lou and some of the coaches, you know, they're still, you know, with so much focus on the draft right now that they haven't had a chance to kinda see how everybody fits in a certain role. But for me honestly, I would prefer I would prefer, you know, um probably playing a little bit more safety. Um that's that's why I feel like my niche was I don't I don't last year the linebacker position was kinda new to me and, and it was kinda on the run and kinda had to figure out as I go. And you, you could tell I wasn't as comfortable with that as I've been at safety. You know, the year before last year I had five five interceptions so I had started becoming to my own, you know, learning to mm-hmm. have have Jesse Bates beside me and kinda figure out him and who he is and just everything was new with a new defensive coordinator. You I mean, most people don't realize in seven years I've had basically five defensive coordinators, so I haven't really had a chance to have a, play in the same system for more than two, three years, you know, to be comfortable with. So I feel like before last year I was coming into like a real com- com- comfort zone and had great, great stats. Um, so last year kind of fell off because of, you know, the, the way that, we went, had a new um, defensive coordinator, a new new head coach, and everything was kind of new. So, you know, you you had great areas at time and learning to play multiple positions. I think one game I played corner, one game I played safety, one game yeah. I played linebacker, and, and some games I did all three in one game. So it was kind of it was kind of new when things were going on the fly. And, right. You know, with the NFL, how how it works. You know, defenses aren't the same week to week. I mean, defenses are different week to week, so it's not like you learn one thing. There are a lot of carryover, but mostly it's different different by week. Let me ask you, um, as you're saying that, too, what do you feel about the direction of the NFL just in general as far as the safety position as it relates to the linebacker? Like, for me, I, I don't put as much value on the linebacker position, I guess, mm-hmm. um, just judging by, the, you know, just going by what I'm saying, what – a lot of teams just passing the ball a lot more, and even against the running teams, just going sideline to sideline, it's exactly. just a it's just a rarity, I think, to get a, a Ray Lewis, I guess, from the linebacker position is is my thought process. But what do you mm-hmm. think overall, like the evolution of the safety position? Do you see teams just playing way more safeties? Do you think that, like, if you had your perfect defense, what what do you see it going? I think safeties are becoming like a hot commodity now, man, because I think the value is going back up. Uh, because of the reason you just said, because the offenses are being so dynamic and so explosive with the great tight ends, and they can they they prevent problems for for the, the Ray Lewis, the old physical downhill type linebackers. You know the uh, Tom Brady. You know they they would flex so many guys out, Rex, Rex Burkhead, and all those guys out that they had out of the backfield, and it's just mismatch mix match problems. So I think safeties are coming more and more valuable, more and more important to the game because you can get the kind of best of both worlds. You can get a physical guy that can tackle in the box as well as a guy that can get out and cover and play in space. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Sean, you kind of touched on it earlier 
in reference to talking about as the season went on, you had to kind of learn this new defense. And obviously not just you, every member on that defense kind of had to do the same thing. What do you think changed in the second half of the season? Because it seemed in the second half of the season, the defense really tightened up. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think guys just started to to kind of coaches started to take a to take a little bit off our plate and and allowing us to just go make it simple so the guys can go play fast, not have to think and just make plays and just do what they're normally used to rather than trying to fit them in a scheme that they're not used to. So I just think like everybody just kind of calmed down and got off the panic button a little bit and just went back to the fundamental basis of football and just just playing, just play fast. Be be in your gap, be be assigned, be, be gap assigned, and, and just, just playing football. I think um, you know, like in in when you're saying like the gaps in football, and, and just a small, I, I I always preach this to people too, like, and you and you tell me if this is true, like I am I I, I lean more heavily in today's NFL with more offensive production, and the mm-hmm. only reason why I lean that way is because I think it takes less. Of the the weight off of the defense. So when you're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs or somebody like that, if they're putting up 40 points a game, it, it allows their defense to go into attack mode where they're rushing the passer. They're, exactly. they're you're you're putting teams in a one sided thing. Just I just wanted to tell like the people I guess because they're looking at a team that just came off a two win season. Do you think that the bridge between a successful defense this year from the Cincinnati Bengals? Is that far-fetched from, you know, like maybe some of the, the shortcomings that you had last year? Do you feel like there's a big gap that you guys got to fill to make it work, or do you think that's more like if we get more offensive production? I, I know you don't want to put the offense on the spot, but yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe but if you that, get more offensive production, that, maybe. That makes sense. That makes sense because we were looking at two years ago, uh, maybe three years ago, when we didn't have – we didn't create a lot of turnovers. We didn't have a lot of interceptions. But you, people didn't realize we weren't scoring a lot of points. So it's easy it's easy to get interceptions when you're forcing the team to, to throw on you. When, when you're down 14 points in the third and fourth quarter, teams are going to – quarterbacks are going to be more careful with the ball. They're not going to force anything. They're going to run the ball more, more play action, you know, more safe plays, safe, safe throws. Because in their mindset, opponents feel like if they get up on you and they get a significant lead, like a two-score a two two score lead or whatever – they start oh, yeah. being more conservative. They're not the quarterbacks. Defenses play like defense. Say, look, don't force it. Like mm-hmm. let let us go win the game for you. You know, and and that's that's hope, hopefully what we'll be able to play in more situations like that this year. You know, we can be, have a very uh, productive offense, and you know, it, and it just, up, and it work with each other. Yeah, we get up on people. It work hand in hand. We get up on people. We realize Sam, Carl. Carlos, Gino, those guys that go rush, you know, and try to get sacks, and us on the back end, we cover and do our thing. And yeah. if the quarterback makes a mistake and force it, that's when you know we get to capitalize on opportunities and, and create create an exception for ourselves. Yes, sir. Right, right. Well, it was a, definitely a busy off season for the Bengals with them adding a defensive tackle like DJ Reader and uh, Josh Bonds at linebacker. Does it seem to the players that the Bengals are committed to getting better, being that they haven't really spent that much on outside free agents in the past? Right. I mean, it, it shows that they're turning in a, in a different direction than, like you said, than they have been in the past. So it it shows, you know, the players and the fans and the, the support around the city that they are trying to make new make moves 
to trend in the right direction, as you said. So hopefully we'll put that together, and next week, you know, eight, eight, nine days, whatever we have, we'll, we'll see more um, more players that they draft. We'll kind of see how things start to come into play. Yes, sir. Um, I guess the the next question I will have is like going into the draft. Do you have any expectations, or is there anything um, that maybe you think that they should probably look into? Like, is there is there any any position or anything that you think could maybe take this team from like zero to a hundred? Man, you know, I, I've, I've my last seven years, I've, I've tried to sit down and watch and say, oh, we're gonna take this guy, and, or, or or man, it, we have to take that guy, and it. I've always been wrong, man. So I try to not even figure that. <laughs> How you think we feel? Wrong, <laughs> How yeah, you think we like, feel? Man, we sit around all know, day. Yeah, once you know it's for sure, and it's like, oh man, all right, I could, I could deal with that. So it'd be something different than you kind of expected. So, I mean, watching the draft is fun, you know. It kind of brings bring back memories. Any players on your radar? So. Any players on your radar that you're just a fan of, maybe from the college? I know you probably don't get enough time to watch them during the season, but maybe in this offseason, any players that you just seen that you just like? Nah, man, I'm not. I mean, I kind of like a lot of guys, man. Some several different teams, you know. So Georgia like Bulldogs, like yeah, my Georgia Bulldogs. And I just kind of <laughs> with them hard and kind of watch and see where they. I see who we pick, and then I just kind of wait and see, you know, where my guys from Georgia are gonna go. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting this year. They have some big names, some big guys coming out. So I'm gonna watch them for those guys, those guys as well. Yeah, speaking of the draft, Sean, like, could you describe to us what your draft experience was like from a player's perspective? How does that situation kind of go down? Man, it's it's an emotional roller coaster, man, because it's so much unknown. You're watching guys go before you, and you you're like, man, like what? And then it's like, uh, and then like for my for my draft experience, I was like, man, the Bengals when they were, I was like. That was one team I I never thought that I would go to because I had a horrible like interview process with them at the combine. It wasn't horrible, but it was just <laughs> different. You know, they I don't know if you right. talked to guys previously about the draft process, but when I talked to the Bengals at the combine, that was one team I walked away like, well, it's thirty one more because they they for sure had not drafted me because <laughs> like they, what do you think went so wrong though? Like you just don't think you gave them. I mean, the, yeah. Um, I didn't want to talk about the situation that they wanted to talk about. So most when you go to the combine, like when teams bring you in, you have these meetings. Uh, they, they they want to talk schemes. They want you to draw up your your scheme. They show you your plays on on tape and have you draw up on the board. And they kind of you know see they want to talk football. So when I went into the one the Bengals, it was just like it was like weird questions. I, I would rather say they weren't football related. I won't get into any specifics, but it was mm-hmm. just weird, and it, it just caught me by surprise. And right. I was just like not even answering the questions at one point. So I thought I kind yeah. of looked in the wrong way. So yeah, it's crazy to hear you say like, man, seven years later, because I feel like early on, I guess because like being heavy, heavy special teams, and yeah. being, and being a standout in special teams from a fan standpoint. I mean, time is really slow for us. I think the average fan, I don't think, thinks that you played for the Bengals for seven years. Yeah, I mean, it goes fast, man. I, I, you know, I did it the hard way, the blue-collar way, for the first two and a half years, special team, just trying to find my role, find my niche, and, you know, learn how learn about the NFL, just trying to stay in it and prove myself. You know, but those, the time, time does fly, fly, man. Like, the last four I know has, like, blinked and was gone. Yeah, um, I have a couple of questions from Twitter, and then we could probably get towards the end of this because I know your time is very, very valuable. 
when and this kind of goes with the last thing I said by you moving and and, and getting your uh, credibility up and going and being a, in a big impact player at the safety position. Were there mm-hmm. some players like early on or wide receivers or tight ends that you absolutely like maybe even feared or respected to the point where you just were like, dude, like, I don't know what I'm going to do this game. Because someone asked on Twitter, who are your top five wide receivers in the league? And I don't know if that kind of goes hand to hand. Like, Man. For, for me, when y'all would play Antonio Brown, I was scared to death as a fan. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, definitely every every team has its weapon, but, you know, the first thing that popped in mind when you said that was Tyreek Hill. Like, that dude is just crazy, explosive, electric, like, quick, fast. And I remember, like, um, in a game, maybe, I don't know if it was preseason. No, it was two years ago. Two years ago, like, first of the game, he ran the slant. And I was outside of leverage. I'm like, man, there's no way I'm letting this dude run by me. And I was so focused on not letting him run by me, he just ran the quick slant. Caught the ball and it was like fifteen yards before I could catch him. It was, oh. it was just, it was just him. Unreal. Like, yeah, he's just unreal, man. Like, you got, you got another threat. four. You got another four guys that maybe. Um, now, this question specifically. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of cats, man. I mean, all those guys, these Hopkins, like uh, Adams up at uh, Green Bay, Julio, even Calvin Ridley, mm-hmm. man. I feel like teams, most teams, like they're one, two receivers or just. Just dynamic and explosive and all always. So I won't. I don't. I won't. I won't go too deep into my top five because man, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to rub right. nobody the wrong way. Real quick, Sean, who is faster between John Ross and uh, and Tyreek Hill? Are they like the same speed, Ooh, or would you say it, that? It, 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 I, I knew that know. question. John, was John Ross is John Ross is like a sneaky fast, like how you get by me, but Tyreek is like. That was too quick to be true. So it's like right. a quick, fast, and there's like John don't look like he's running fast, but it's like why is, why do I have to run so fast to try to catch up? So, <laughs> I, I don't know. It, I, it, it'll be it'll depend on distance on that one. All right, right. Yeah, I, I was at training camp probably I want to say it was like two years ago, and it was a John Ross one, and I and he wasn't. I think Drake Kirkpatrick was lined up with him, but I mean I don't know about like assignments, but you were back there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he got, and he got yeah. fast. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Yeah, you can't judge. You got to be able to judge that speed, man. So he 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 he'll, he'll get by the best one. So for that. Um, someone, uh, my guy Monty Lob on Twitter says, "What are you looking to improve most in your game next season?" What up, Monty? Um, man, I just want to get back to just being me and just making making as many impactful plays as I can, man. I feel like I have a, I still have a lot of. A lot of football left in me right now. I just want to get back to being – I want to be not only the leader, but I really want to be the star of that defense. So just making plays. I want to set goals, and I want to make my first pro Bowl. I want to, you know, lead, lead my division, AFC and interceptions. I just, want to, I just want to do it all, man. I just want to contribute and ball out and, and win some football games. All right, that's definitely what we like to hear, Sean. And I love how you mentioned that 2018 season because that definitely stuck out in my mind as definitely your best season. And if we can mm-hmm. get you back to that, man, the sky's the limit. got to get back to that, yep, yep. With Jesse, I already know what he's going to do. He's going to give me his all. Like, people don't realize, like, the last two years, we both had over 100 tackles, you know, so right. that little stat, like, they, people don't even realize that. So they just look at the ones that – 
that that you missed. Oh, you missed the tackle. Well, we got we got a hundred. That boy Smith, he's giving you them numbers now. Uh, y'all listening to this? He's giving you them numbers <laughs> yeah, now. Y'all better yeah, watch yeah. out because there's a lot of people that's a little unsure. I think out there, but you know he's yeah, giving they, you the It's just, it's just. I'm not. I don't normally do a lot of media talking or talk about this, but you know when you look. They can they can say they can talk really good about one player like how he's so dynamic and how he's just a great player and so much better. Just like me and Jesse, like Jesse gets a lot of credit, and I I, I want that for him. I'm, I want Jesse to do his thing. I, you know, I push him to be the best he can be. He's gonna be great. He's gonna be phenomenal. But if you look at the last two years that we played together, we both have over 100 tackles in both years, and we both have six six picks in two years. So it's like. Mm-hmm. Okay, like man, we we really be out there doing it, but you know, a lot, a lot of stuff really goes unnoticed when you're on a two and fourteen team. So there's a lot of great football, but there's a lot of stuff I'm, you can build on to be better. So we we I'm we know that inside the locker room. So we just got to go out there and do it, man. For sure. And uh, this is my final question that I have for you, or it's more like a statement. I've always been a big fan of you. I remember I had talked to Pat Man like a couple years ago, and he said, "Man, nobody wants Sean Williams coming downhill." And one thing that I always told people is that any game that I'm at, I always hear a Sean Williams hit. And you need mm-hmm. some guys like that that, you know, going to come downhill and, and strike at that level that you are. Um, yeah. One of my favorite plays ever in the experience that I had, this is in, this is in Pittsburgh. This, is, I, this may have been the last time I think y'all beat the Steelers or whatever, but you had the, game, the game-winning pick. This is a Le'Veon Bell knee game. You had the game winning that, that, that was my first career interception, man. Of course I remember that. Right on the sideline, right? So, yeah, that is, right. so for me, that's one of the things that I never, ever forget. Do you have a favorite memory of anything since you've been in the NFL or uh, maybe a favorite play? Mm, I mean, actually, both of my favorite ones have been in Pittsburgh. I had both. I've really had a great time in Pittsburgh. And I had my first, my first my first career interception in Pittsburgh, my first career interception for a touchdown, and my my whole football career first defensive touchdown in Pittsburgh. So, so yeah, when I when I go to Pittsburgh, I definitely look forward to that. Man. So, a lot, a lot of great plays be be made there. Ace, what you got for him? Um, Sean, if if Bengals fans can look forward to one. Big thing, I guess, this next season. What is it that they can look forward to? I mean, I think it's going to be a lot of excitement. You know, I feel like this year is going to be different than no other. You know, with the guys we're going to draft, with the guys we sign in free agency, the guys we have coming back, and just being healthy. You know, the guys that we'll have, AJ. You know, everybody will finally be healthy, healthy for the most part, and we'll have new guys. I just think that look forward to like the excitement around the city and knowing that you know. You guys are going to get our best this year. You know, last year wasn't wasn't good enough, and we know that. You guys know that. So, definitely the excitement and and this year is is, is going to be big. Yes, sir. That's. I mean, I believe, man. But you know, I I, I'm, I guess my opinion is a little bit biased. But man, mm-hmm. I really really appreciate the time. I really appreciate you. Like you said, you don't really talk to the media that much. I wish that you did, but that's what guys like me and Ace are here for to make sure that we get the message out as much as we can. I want to highlight you the most I can. And anytime that you got a chance to, like, you know, talk to us or whatever, please do, man, because I, I really, really think the people need to hear, like, what you got to say. But I appreciate it, man. You know, I'm I'm more of a, you know, get my job done before I, you know, talk to the media. So, But I, I'll, I'll definitely try to, you know, reach out and, 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 and do a little bit more when I can. 
Yes, okay, sir, I definitely man. appreciate you coming on, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.